Welcome to Cannons on the Run, Episode 7, a Norbertine podcast based out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin, where we share our own reflections and learnings in formation and life. I'm Frater Jonathan Turbon. And I'm Frater Jordan Neek. So as we do with every episode, what have we been up to lately? Opportunity to uh, head home uh, after Christmas, spend some time up in Phillips. Phillips, Wisconsin? Where's that? In middle of nowhere. Oh, okay. That's uh, what I thought. <laughs> it is the north central part of the state. So uh, this is actually north. Unlike that one time when I said that Green Bay is northern Wisconsin. Yeah. And you quickly corrected me. Yeah, but I mean, people who are from Green Bay will agree with you. Yes. But <laughs> those of us outside and from the the real north. The uh, true north of Wisconsin. Yeah. So it was fun. I enjoy being home. Resting a little bit, catching up with family and friends. Of course, I don't have the opportunity to see everyone that I'd like to. But yeah, it was good, but also sad. So there was snow, and I was looking forward to snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. I did get some of that in, but we only had one day that was above zero. And that one day, it was like seven degrees, and it snowed. But one day above zero. <laughs> otherwise, it was too cold to snow, right? But yeah, so so that was kind of a bummer, just being so cold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I didn't get to do as much skiing or snowshoeing as I would have mm-hmm. liked to, because of course you can only stay out for so long when it's that cold. So when it did snow, shoveled some sidewalks, but then helped with firewood. Ooh. So I like jammed my finger in between two pieces of firewood. So now it's kind of turning blistery and black. So that's what's at the end of your finger there. Yeah, it hurt. (laughs) That would hurt. Oh, gosh. But great experience. Chopping wood. Chopping wood. Being a man. So you weren't lazy the whole time. Lumberjack. Lumberjacking. That's great. (laughs) So there was that. um, But exciting um, from the Neek side of the family. Uh, Cousin had a baby boy. So that was cool. That's awesome. Congrats. Um, but also some not exciting stuff. People uh, breaking wrists in the family, so that was kind of a bummer. I wasn't around to go to the hospital, but had some hospital runs oh uh, within the family. So uh, thankfully, everybody's pretty healthy, it seems. It was, uh, you know, interesting break. I, a lot happening. Nice. But didn't do or get done everything that I would have liked to. Which is the nature of every break. Right. We have all these high goals that we set for ourselves. I'll get this done and this done and this done. And then time flies and we realize that some of that time is actually really good to not do stuff. Mm-hmm. I did uh, catch up on some Z's. So. That's really important. Yeah, that was nice. Super important. So that's uh, that's been my week after a whole bunch of festivities here at the Abbey. Mm-hmm. You stayed put. I did. Well, I stayed put to some degree. So the day after Christmas, I was able to go down and meet up with my entire family and my mom's side of the family. So her siblings and their families. And we all were able to make it, everyone, to one place that entire day, which was really fun. And one of our family traditions, we have poems that we write to each other. We do a stocking exchange. And then whoever you have, you have one other family member. And you'll maybe give them like three, you know, just small gifts. And before they open each gift, you read them a poem. Some people will have a longer poem or a different rhyming scheme or other clever things. Or it's a poem that's an acrostic. So the first letter of each line is actually telling you what it is, which is pretty cool. So that was a really fun time with family there. So that was the 26th. Then I came back. I was around here for that octave of Christmas. And then my birthday, and I turned 30. 
So that was fun. And my family came up and visited for my birthday. So that worked out well. Since I was here, they could come up and visit. We had a gathering on my dad's side of the family the next day. So that worked out well to be up here in one area because that family gathering was nearby here. That was down in Manitowoc. It was. It was in Manitowoc. I have an aunt who is part of the Franciscan Sisters of Christian Charity in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, which is the Holy Family Convent. And when my dad and all of his siblings and all of their kids, so my cousins and then my cousin's kids, so, you know, the generations are getting bigger. Um, we all gather in one space. So it's good because there's like over 50 of us mm -hmm. getting to be with family over the last week for a few different things, which is really nice. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. Both of our week or so here in the Octave of Christmas involved some more concentrated family time, which is really nice. Before that, and a little bit during that time, we have concentrated community life as well, where we're seeing, we're seeing each other more. These concentrated community times, like decorating the church, um, those environment changes, we work a lot more together and just, I'm going to call it, it creates opportunities for reflecting on our relationships better with one another. Right, because it can, it can show great strengths, but also great weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? And that includes ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And qualities that maybe we require more patience or mm -hmm. respect. Absolutely. Right. When we have that amount of time together, we just have to learn how we work together, what different strengths that we offer, and just how working with and communicating with different members within our community looks. We mention it often. We've said it in our episodes before, um, but I was glad you went and got our constitutions and pulled out the actual verbiage of you know, the language that we use in terms of our identity as Norbertines, how we choose to live our common life, um, and this phrase that we use, right? Being of one heart and one mind on the way to God. Yeah, of course, in here is the, is the rule of St. Augustine, which we follow. And in many of our podcasts, we end with, you know, a prayer uh, to St. Norbert, but we say that phrase that, that you mentioned, striving to live in one mind and one heart on the way to God, that Augustine says the first purpose for which you came together was to live in fraternity. And it's not always easy to live in one mind and heart with each other and especially with God because we're prone to uh, self-absorption or, or, you know, sin. We're, we're weak. And uh, at times we, um, we do not do well in being with God. Other times we are close and we recognize and are, are filled with grace in those moments. May I interject quick? You said yeah. we, are not, we do not do well in being with God. When we're together with one another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, absolutely. That it's, it's easy when we're in community to fall into the pattern of doing. These are the things we need to do. Let's get them done. Instead of really being present to God within one another, within our relationship together. Yeah. Not attuned to the spiritual component. Mm -hmm. And yet, even at times when we do not excel at community life, it is the reason that we've come together. We spoke before recording this podcast of well, why did I decide to become a Norbertine? For me, it was a community life. It was a fraternal life, a life of affirming and challenging one another. That sadly, not all priests have that gift of a community. And here I feel there's the support and help in following the rule of St. Augustine to live in one mind and one heart on the way to God. And that's what attracted me. That's awesome. And, um, oh. Go ahead. So I was just going to talk about community or communio. It's something that is very much a part of our life as Norbertines. It's one of our ideals of our fraternity specifically. So communio is about being in the body of Christ. That's our link to God, and, and that's what makes us human. Mm -hmm. But what I loved in 
our constitutions about communio is that communio, it says, communio signifies the existence of persons in relation to and for one another. Communio is our internal union expressed in external form. So it's about recognizing, again, the creator created us all as sacred human beings. And it's about uh, being in relationship to and for one another. It's about sharing in that creation with God. Well, and what I found too, compared to other religious communities that I study with at CTU, is that I know that when I'm done with my education in Chicago, I'll be coming home united with everyone back here at the Abbey, Mm -hmm. uh, where other classmates, this might be the only time they spend with a particular member of their community in education. They're not living together like I have the opportunity now to come back here to be with you and Father Ann and mm-hmm. Father Mike and uh, Father Brad and Brother Jacob. That no I know that we will be united again mm-hmm. in community life, in communio. Yeah, that's a real blessing. And that's a part of what attracted me to this order also because of that tight community like you were talking about earlier as well. And that we live together and that we get to work together to help each other become the best people that God made us to be mm-hmm. and to help each other in that journey. We also started making a parallel naturally to our own experiences with running, specifically cross-country. We get a chance when we're in cross-country to be a, a part of something bigger, a part of something that's outside of ourselves. But to the person who doesn't know the sport of cross-country, it looks pretty independent still because you're ultimately running your own race like we'll talk about so in cross country for those who don't know when you're part of a team the top five runners of your team are collectively scoring to then determine your overall team score how you compete with other teams so for instance when i was in high school i often fell around as the fifth runner of our team so when i was running I knew that even though I wasn't first, second, third, or fourth on our team, that fifth spot matters just as much as any because that's still part of the score. And so if I wasn't having a good race day and I still finished just much later than I typically would, I would score more points for the team, which in cross country, it's like golf is bad. You want lower. If you get first, you score one point. If you get second, you score two points. So in a race of 200 people, if I was finishing 30 something as fifth, and then another race I finished in the 50s, that's adding 20 points to our score that we didn't need. So mm-hmm. being aware of my individual contribution matters specifically in the place that I'm able to offer it, that I needed to not focus on, well, I'm not first, so it doesn't matter. I'm not second. I'm not as good as so-and-so, but instead to recognize where, what is my spot within this team and then how can I offer that to help our team we also talked about the challenge as human beings and this ties back into communio then in religious life we want each other to flourish to grow to become the best people that we could be with Christ as our focus that we're all part of the body of Christ and we want everyone to do the best they can but yet to draw a parallel to running when the number six runner would pass me or even the number seven runner, it's hard as a human to not get jealous and to not think, darn it, like I, I need to be doing better. I'm not doing I'm not doing well enough. Instead of being excited that they're having a really good race day. There's enough room for everyone just to do their best. And that ultimately then is the best for everyone. But we're human. And to focus on that and to truly celebrate that person is something that we have to practice and ask for God's grace 
to get better at that daily, I would say, you know, to remember that we need God's grace to truly love one another, to see them flourish in the sense of communio, to just celebrate them instead, you know, and not be jealous and think, well, I want to be recognized. I'm working hard too. Mm-hmm. There's a balance of that, but to truly just let ourselves be free to celebrate that person in that moment and not constantly compare ourselves in a in a way that's going to take away from what God is giving all of us. Yeah. Well, and and then on the flip, I think you have to also be mindful that you don't squash your light, squash your gifts to um, seem inadequate, mm-hmm. right? But how can I still strive for greatness while also building up and uh, helping helping others do the same in community? Because I know when I entered cross country as a freshman. I mean, it was between soccer and cross country and playing summer soccer league. Like as a freshman, I didn't hit puberty yet. Mm-hmm. So I was short and husky, um, not really fast, but, you know, had a lot of stamina, a lot of endurance. Those are great self-descriptors. <laughs> I was short and husky. Short and husky. I like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, in these summer soccer practices, a couple, couple of guys were just like very mean and made me feel very inadequate as a player and as a human being. So then I went into cross country and there there were other reasons for that too but I was in cross country and finished like second to last every race but the team was very supportive of me even though I wasn't fast or anything there was always people there uh cheering for me uh encouraging me and and allowing me to be a better runner and a better teammate and in person that eventually allowed me to stick with it in recognizing having such a, a nurturing community. Uh, I loved being part of something bigger than myself and that this was the right team for me. And, you know, I eventually as upperclassman was on varsity and competed in the state meet. So going from, from last person on the team to pretty much second to last every race to, you know, excelling uh, to varsity was successful, mm-hmm. I guess. But um, oh, it's an incredible but, journey. That's cool. But even more important than that is that there was that support and encouragement that allowed me to keep with it. But, you know, ultimately, I, I think that was the greater gift than running varsity. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's, you know, I coached cross country for a while, while I was teaching. And when you're when you're the runner racing in a cross country race or just racing in general, I guess we can even say in, in races or of any kind, fun runs or whatever you do um, now as well, you're in charge of your own race, you know? So you're in charge of your self-betterment. There is a very important component of who's coaching you or the people supporting you, all that kind of stuff. That Mm -hmm. also matters. But at the end of the day, in terms of effort and the doing, you are doing that. You can't displace how your race went, you know, and say something, you know, like, oh, well, my coach benched me. It's not my fault. Or, you know, like, well, I wasn't put in with the right people. Well, listening to you there's kind of like a pack mentality with cross country right especially yeah it's it's about the individual but it's about the team and you're in constant communication as a team while you're running a race Mm -hmm. usually the coach is telling you how far behind or in front of you are of another teammate and so you're always keeping in contact during the race so that you're aware of how people are doing and how you can continue to push one another. Mm-hmm. Right? right, yeah. If you stick together, if you're able to run in a pack, I mean, literally side by side in a cross-country race, that's ideal yeah. because back to the point scoring, you know, if you can finish and you have two people on the team who are finishing, 
fifth and sixth, you know, that's going to be one less point versus finishing fifth and seventh or fifth and eighth. So, you know, that pack mentality, but then also just that energy of being by one another, uh, being able to support each other, even if it's silent, just being by each other, which I think, again, lends itself well to this analogy of religious life. We talked about how St. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, talks about one body, many parts, which ultimately is what we really are talking about here, is just recognizing all being a part of the body of Christ through our ideal, our value of communio as Norbertines, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to help us understand what that part is or those parts that we provide within that body. So St. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 12, writes, As a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons, and we were all given to drink of one spirit. Now the body is not a single part, but many. If a foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it does not for this reason belong any less to the body. Or if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it does not for this reason belong any less to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God placed the parts, each one of them, in the body as he intended. If they were all one part, where would the body be? Uh, and it continues. So I think that's just a great scripture to go back and reflect on. To me, that's just a beautiful example of what you shared in cross-country, what we talk about here as Norbertines. If we all had the same gifts, or we all had the same strengths, or all wanted to be number one in a certain category, where would the body be? You know, the mm -hmm. body of Christ wouldn't be present then. And it takes humility. It takes a lot of grace, a lot of prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to help me understand what is it that I'm able to offer in this situation. And sometimes... It's hard because that might not involve doing anything. It might involve listening this time. It might involve not having an opinion and letting others say theirs because they actually might have the most insight into a situation within the Abbey or within our community. But to recognize that we all have these different strengths and when we're struggling to recognize that or probably you could even say struggling to feel that sense of value, what am I actually offering here? Mm -hmm. To instead just turn and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance to recognize I am a part of the body of Christ. And then to be open to how that looks, what that part of the body is in each situation in our communities, how we interact day to day. Yeah, you want to do well, you want to strive, you want to be the best. Uh, you want to live out who you're called to be as body. If you're the ear, hear well, right? And so we always have to be careful of not to compare one another that I know can frequently occur in any life. But I know just in uh, looking to you and Frater An, who are some new members of the community, I've been here a little bit longer, but finding inspiration in the gifts and qualities that you bring that allow me to strive for a greater holiness, to strive to be a better Norbertine, a better brother, a better son of God. I think uh, communio, being in communion with one another, adds value to our life and allows us to grow again in what St. Augustine says in one mind and heart on the way to God. Amen. Well said. If you want to find out more about Canons on the Run, go to our website, www.norbertines.org, 
and click on the podcast tab. We would also love to hear from you. So we have a new dropdown on that tab that says contact the podcast team. So we encourage you to click on that and submit a little form to us, letting us know what you think, what you like, if you have questions, some added ideas, if you thought of some other scripture or other life events of your own that relate to what we're talking about, any of it, we would love to hear it. We would love to hear from you. Make sure to subscribe to iTunes, uh, write a review, or click on five stars uh, <laughs> so that uh, we continue to grow. Otherwise, that's all That's all we got. That's, that's all we got. So now, hopefully with a little new, a deeper understanding of why we say it, we hope that as you go about your week, your day, in this new year, we didn't even say Happy New Year. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! And as you begin this new year... Going forward, we pray that you are filled with God's graces in understanding your parts of the body of Christ and to share that with one another, to learn from one another as we all continue on this journey of life of one mind and one heart on the way to God. St. Norbert, pray, pray for, for us. us.